Back to Crestor, a purposeful life driven by endurance. I'm Dan. I've got Pat here with me. Want to say hi, Pat? Hello, everyone. We are back after a long hiatus for episode 12, and uh, we've got a lot to catch up on. A lot of exciting stuff. Indeed. So without any further ado, we'll just jump straight into our our wrap-up of what has been three months. Yeah. Right, yeah. right at three months uh, since our last episode. So, uh, what what have you had going on, Pat? Yeah. So, um, from eleven to twelve, I am no longer injured. Um, so that's that's a it's a huge positive. Uh, as huge positive. I had previously mentioned, I um, I had some trouble with my left calf, and. Uh, I, you know, I, um, talked with my coach, you know, kind of came with the game plan and, uh, initially the, it was, you know, take some time off and then we'll do like a run walk. Um, still was having trouble with it. Um, the calf issue, even with dry needling and kind of taking it slow, um, it, we really weren't positive or no, we weren't positive what was actually happening. And uh, coach asks, he's like, is there anything with your shoes that you changed up? And what I had actually done, um, and we believe was one of the causal factors was I have custom inserts. And typically what I do is I'll only put one custom insert on the right side. And on the left side, I'll just leave the normal uh, insert that comes with the shoe. Uh, well, what I had done was, because my left calf was the problem, I actually put a lift in my left foot, vice just in my right. Yeah. And, um, which I had actually done for the race. And even though my calf wasn't, you know, on my left side, pushing off as much, something to do with the way... <laughs> I mean, the heel lift was actually becoming a problem vice a, um, a prevention. Gotcha. And he's like, go back to your inserts, how they were before, uh, before January and try from there. So we did that. Um, and we did like a run walk for about three weeks. Um, and then, so this is, throughout pretty much February going into March uh, did that starting to feel good took a week long trip out to Breckenridge Colorado which was a lot of fun um, my cousin actually flew down he's a ski instructor up in Vermont he flew down into Richmond and I picked him up in my van which yes I am still living in my van <laughs> I'm, I'm surviving and thriving going strong um, and uh, I skied and I think probably 
just the different muscle movements and um we skied pretty hard we we took full advantage of breckenridge and absolutely just sent it on the mountains um but and i would do some treadmill running and after i got back from breckenridge and keeping the inserts i slowly started to um get my endurance back and uh right now i'm uh what's today's tuesday so six days six days from now i'll be uh toeing the line at boston um, oh man and feeling pretty healthy which is uh it's a blessing yeah um with with the skiing did you find that that i i think it might have it might be like really good cross training especially because that was far enough you know what was that like two months ago yeah 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 do you think that uh maybe even help helped with the injury with some cross training uh to obviously it's not like you're out there for weeks doing it but still yeah i i I mean according to my whoop the physical activity that i was exerting and it gives you like a strain score i was still in the teens when i was getting off the mountain and you know just walking around and keeping moving and i did a pretty good job of rolling out and um stretching because you know the trip from virginia to breckenridge in the van was like 26 hours yeah um but a lot of driving yeah i i think it was good cross training um you know we were getting to parts of the mountain where there wasn't a ski left so you're having to hoof it up up the top of the peak at 11 12 thousand feet so you know yeah. some good altitude training as well and the ski boots um <laughs> yeah and the ski boots and the skis and um yeah it was it was fun so i since then i've done one race um i did the shamrock 8k during the shamrock um weekend they have here which is saturday they do an 8k and then sunday they have the half and full marathon um and kind of my honestly like the game plan that my coach and i came to is like just go out and give it what you got nice. <laughs> we weren't really sure like where my fitness was because um we were literally just doing zone two training um and yeah i, I went out uh and it was it was probably blowing steady like 25 miles an hour out of the north mm. so um yeah eight kilometers is about five miles and for two and a half miles we had a decent tailwind and then for two and a half miles we had a decent headwind uh, and i averaged about a 552 pace which, nice um yeah i was i was relatively happy um little bit muscles were a little barking at me a little bit afterwards because i hadn't done anything at that pace um but i i have been very disciplined with my um my yoga which i consider my cross training oh um, yeah that's so good yeah uh yeah i go to torch yoga studio which they have one in norfolk and virginia beach um and man it's it's a life savior yeah uh, I need to get yeah, back into it, that. I haven't been yeah, good at that yoga recently. Yeah, it certainly makes the uh, the hardest part of running, which is you know warm up and stretching, <laughs> yep. a bit easier. Um, so I 
I think my my plan going into Boston is uh, kind of retreating back to my original idea, which I had talked about on the earlier episodes of, you know, taking it taking it slow, not really just you know going out there and leaving everything on the on the course, but I will uh, kind of find a medium there. So I think I'm in two hour and fifty minute marathon pace. Um, shape right now yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna find the because now the i think the qualifying time for late 20s to early 30s is three hours so there should theoretically be a three-hour pacer oh, okay um so i'm gonna find that person and i'm gonna run with probably you know a thousand other people there trying to run three <laughs> hours uh and then after heartbreak hill or around the uh, 10, 10 kilometers to go, which is at mile 20. I'll see what's in the tank and maybe uh, let the legs go. So Dude, that's awesome. Try and, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been, it's been good. Um, I, with Boston not being like, you know, going for a PR, I think I'm back on track. Um, and I think I'm in a better place than I thought I would be going into Boston, which then leads into the summer and doing five K's and 10 K's and starting to get some turnover work going and building that type of, uh, muscle memory to then go into the fall and maybe PR, um, November, December, uh, January. Is it, uh, I guess we'll get into, um, future race goals a little later on in the show, but yeah. I'll be excited to hear about the, the transition from, or not, not necessarily away from marathoning, but I like what you're talking about with like getting your speed back, which is, uh, an ambition I have as well. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of here in Virginia, it gets so blistering hot in the summer, um, that trying to do any type of PR of a marathon, you can, you can, you can train for a marathon, but you're pretty much like doing a 16 week training plan to fall in a marathon in like late September, October. Um, so doing, uh, training for, you know, five K's and 10 K's is a little bit more achievable and, uh, your muscles are looser because it's so hot out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's being super tight cause it's cold. Um, but yeah, I, you know, looking back at that injury and, you know, lessons learned, uh, I think, you know, initially, you know, being competitive and wanting to achieve these goals and initially being like, man, I can't, I can't do what I want to do because of this injury. Yeah. Um, I just want to go run and a little bit of frustration. I, eventually got to the point where, you know, I was so happy to just be walking, um, yep. and like slowing down and, you know, often say, you know, just smell the roses. <laughs> you know, it's not about looking at your watch and seeing how many miles you ran that day or cumulative that week or month. It was just, you know what? I got to be outside for 45 minutes to an hour and just walk around and, you know, get the blood flowing. Um, dude, I, I feel that so deeply. I've, um, 
I've really enjoyed just like leaving my watch at home, going for runs, and then um, doing like a little bit of hybrid like run walking, and yeah. not having the watch on. Occasionally, I, I I'm also a slave to to you know having the data. Um, yeah, I love that. You like numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's something so freeing sometimes about just just be like, nope, I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've got I've got you know this block of time where I don't I don't need to be anywhere uh, or get anything done. So I'm just gonna go out and just see where it, it takes me. And if I want to walk for a, a half mile in the middle of the of the run i can just do that and i don't have this this watch that's ticking away on my wrist that i'm thinking about and uh it's healthy to kind of do a mental reset sometimes yeah absolutely yeah so and you know that's kind of what it was it was a little bit of a a mental reset so um yeah injuries aren't the end they're just the uh the opportunity to learn more about yourself and yeah. get stronger. Yep, there's a lesson in everything. Um, if you can uh, take a step back, get the perspective. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it's not, it's still okay to get frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't let it uh, linger. Exactly. So. Yeah, let your emotions but, flow, but have a little bit of uh, control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I think we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, how about you? Oh my gosh, there's. I I didn't I didn't really realize how much exciting stuff there was to talk about until I started <laughs> jotting down some notes. But um, yeah, dude. <laughs> I think the most exciting thing is a week ago, I got a new nephew, little dude, Charlie, that's awesome. and uh, and he's he's doing so well. He's so healthy, and my sister's so healthy. Um huge success there and uh they they thought they're gonna have to induce um based off of you know just some some vitals and stuff and and concerns and then it just ended up being like a perfectly natural uh birth like without having to induce it um it actually worked out great um but yeah uh super excited to have a little beautiful new nephew and um hoping to next month go see uh, go go meet him and uh, help out my my sister and brother-in-law um if i can work out the timing with my my leave but um but that goes into i think i talked about it in the fall about applying for the ado uh lateral transfer within the navy that's a av or aerospace engineering duty officer uh is the ado and it's essentially kind of a shift in my job within the Navy where I get to work with the engineers, um, to facilitate like future, uh, changes within really all of Naval aviation. But this job I'm going to go do, uh, next month actually is going to be working specifically with, with Hawkeyes and CODs, you know, a little less with the CODs since we're sundowning them later this year, but there's not much you can affect engineering wise. (laughs) For, that hurts i know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's all good dude. but yeah um but yeah i got i got picked up for that which was uh, a huge success i i really thought i'd have to apply again this fall um but but uh but yeah i got that and 
so I'll be moving up to Maryland next month and I was able to take some time off and go find a rent house that I'm going to be uh, able to move into and it's this perfect house uh, for what I'm needing and close to base and I got to check out um, my college roommate is up there and he's he, a test pilot um, from the maritime side, the P8, but uh, he got to, you know, show me some of the, the local stuff I'll be able to enjoy in a very small town, rural um, Southern Maryland, but yeah. there's so much outdoorsy stuff to do. Yeah. And there's this, uh, this, loop it's like seven and a half miles around a, a reservoir uh, i think it's called the saint saint mary's reservoir saint mary's lake or something but um it's like a seven and a half mile trail that's you know pretty good for it's going to be pretty good for mountain biking or hiking or running and there's a lot of little offshoots so it's just seven and a half miles if you do like the kind of the uh shortest distance around the the, the lake but but there's a lot more distance out there if you want to add longer runs, which, and it's, it's like right, you know, I don't know, five minutes from my house. I could probably ride my mountain bike there quite easily. Um, and just getting to go out and, and check it out. It's just so beautiful and it's, it's exciting to see some stuff that's going to be kind of right out my front door. Whereas here in, in Norfolk, it's, it's been a little trickier to yeah. ride specifically ride safely in the city and a lot oh, of yeah. my outdoor rides, I, I would, you know, drive to, to go ride somewhere, which it's going to be cool to be able to just kind of leave straight from my house and go do stuff. Yeah. That'd be very nice. Yep. But yeah, so basically that, that got, that lit the fuse on a bunch of stuff that's going to, um, you know, all the administrative burden of, of the move stuff, which I, I've been very lucky. I haven't had to move since 2016 um it's wow. just been been here for i yeah. guess seven years now yeah and uh got a little spoiled so now i got to uproot myself it's it's not a long move it's uh about three and a half four hours depending on traffic but um but yeah dude kind of starting a new chapter in my uh navy career here and and shifting i'm still gonna get to fly which is awesome that's not a guaranteed uh, outcome with this this uh, job switch, but but I'm going to be able to fly uh, with the Hawkeye squadrons there in Pax River, and even That's potentially cool. do a little like C12 flying. Ooh! And if I can uh, make the the right friends, potentially even like getting to to fly as a like a co-pilot, a non-qualified co-pilot, and like a C130, uh, cool. that sort of stuff. But yeah some yeah. some cool opportunities it's gonna be a steep learning curve learning a new job but but one that i'm i'm uh chopping at the bit to to you know get all up to speed on shifting my straight pilot knowledge to a little <laughs> more technical interfacing with engineers type stuff learning the new language but but yeah really exciting stuff that's awesome yeah and then and then finishing up, I've got three weeks left in the spring semester um, working on the grad school stuff, and that's been going so well, so challenging, but so rewarding, and learning some stuff that's really going to pay dividends in, in my mathematical pursuits um, 
through the rest of my major and then uh and then hopefully you know eventually whenever i transition out of the navy uh getting to use that out in the uh in the real world which we've we've never experienced yeah <laughs> um and then another huge update is i adopted two cats that you oh, you got yeah, to meet yeah. today yeah um orion and greta they're three year three years old and uh they're not brother or sister but they were adopted the same day from a shelter by one of our our friends and uh, fellow instructors who just got orders to go out to japan and with those international moves it's really difficult to take pets with you not impossible but incredibly difficult and they had they had basically worked out for a family to adopt uh adopt them these cats and um and then they got cold feet within like a week of of um this guy moving to japan so it ended up being a, a really chaotic affair where they were trying to find a good home for him and and I was actually planning on adopting a cat when I got to Maryland. And I was like, all right, well, this is perfect. I can keep the cats yeah. together. And, and, uh, and I've, I've, you know, gotten to know them cause I lived down the street from, from my friend. So, um, I already knew the cats and knew that I enjoyed them. And, and I guess they, they maybe remembered my smell or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how good pet memories are like that, but, but yeah super exciting it's fun to have them around they're great uh great personalities and then the other exciting thing is i i actually just on a whim went out to a an open mic night like a musical oh, open wow. mic night yeah and i i don't think i've told you about this so uh no this is like totally brand new info for you as well but um with all the guitar i've been playing this past probably six months is when I've really gotten back into it, but, uh, playing a lot of guitar, singing a lot and either relearning songs that I, I used to know or busting some rust off or learning new stuff. <laughs> and then I, I just ran across this open mic night and, uh, you know, they have different types of open mic nights, like comedy open mic nights or like, uh, you know, what is it called? Spoken word like poetry type stuff. This is a specific, specifically a music thing. And, uh, and I took my guitar and I was like, ah, maybe, maybe I'll play. Like I've never actually been to open, open mic night before and, uh, just showed up and, and they saw me bring my guitar and they're like, Hey, you want to play something? And I was like, I mean, if you have an opening and I ended up getting to play a James Taylor song and, uh, Dave Matthews band song That's and, sick. It, and it went really well. <laughs> That's awesome. So I ended up going back the next week and uh, and playing some other <laughs> stuff and and actually you gonna do it again. I'd love to go watch. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And and I actually met um, this lady who runs a couple open mic nights in the Southern Maryland area that I'm moving to. <laughs> she, what a small world. Yeah, she actually primarily lives up there, um, and then has a house down here that she she comes down uh, part of the year, and so she uh basically gave me like all the info to get plugged into a music community up there in, in uh southern maryland so i'm really excited about continuing that hobby and it's a fun kind of asymmetric uh thing with everything else i've i've got going with like the fitness in school and 
yeah this new job change so yeah pretty cool that's sick yeah yep and then uh and then finally i've so i i'm i'm basically trying not to i'm i'm my my status quo is like just doing way too much and and getting my my uh iron and too many fires whatever the <laughs> the best metaphor for that is but um I'm basically trying to dial it back and really focus on school as like a priority and this new job is a priority um, and and not stri- spread myself too thin. So so I've kind of dialed back what I've been planning for like hard race ambitions, which were pretty lofty, um, like coming out of the new year. And, and as of now, I'm basically in like a, a maintaining fitness mindset and depending on how the move goes in this transition to the new job, I still, and we'll talk about that a little more with like our upcoming plans and stuff, but, um, I still want to keep the door open for, for racing the rest of this year, but I'm, I'm closing the door on, on some of the early season races that are coming up in like the next two months. Cause I really just want to kind of focus on everything else that's going on, but it's been a big weight off my mind. Like, just kind of take my foot off the gas just a touch and and uh <laughs> allowing myself the ability to kind of get my my arms around what I really need to focus on which which is primarily school and this this move and and transition to a new job which is probably the right priorities to keep in the focus oh absolutely I completely agree I mean yeah it <laughs> challenges are they are fun um but when you take on so many at once and eventually you just find them not (laughs) when you complete one and you don't feel accomplished you maybe that is a good indicator of like hold on um how many challenges should i be putting on my plate at the same time and prioritizing which ones you should be putting on that plate and you know which ones you can still come too, but maybe put them farther down the road. Um, oh, totally. I feel like, like kind of what you're talking about immediately just brought up my, um, what I had talked about like a year, a year, year, man, I think I've been here two years almost now. Yeah. Remember when I got here and I was like, I want to do trail running. I want to do road racing. I'm going to do triathlon. <laughs> yep. And I like accomplished all these things, but like I got done and I'm like, what am like, I don't, I, I, I felt more lost than I felt accomplished with just trying to dive into so many different things. Vice, you know, putting this in front of me right now and I'm going to do this. Like right now I'm a road runner. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Sorry, that thought just kind of came to mind. No, it's it's great, and and it's so it's so important to keep taking the temperature of what what's really important to you and boiling it down, yeah. because it's so easy to to be like, I want to do that, I want to do that, and it, it's all yeah. good stuff. But but you can you can kind of spread yourself so thin that that you're you're losing sight of like the the important things and 
and maybe maybe doing a huge variety of things is what's important to you and that that's and of course it depends on your time of life uh and like what your goals are at that time but but oftentimes being really great at something and and drawing satisfaction from from that like marathon running for you right now road running is is more satisfying than you know doing a a triathlon one weekend and then a trail run the next weekend and then a half marathon road race it's it's maybe not the right answer um as opposed to being like nope i'm gonna i'm gonna put all my focus towards this one thing yeah but yeah that's a that's cool man but yeah it's man there's so much so much uh for the updates just in a couple months it it's kind of staggering to look back and think of (laughs) how dynamic the uh recent times have been oh absolutely in our lives i mean yeah i'm i'm about a year behind you in regards to you know having to try and figure out what's next but i can feel it breathing down my back (laughs) yep yep so i i've definitely been thinking about you know what next what moves i need to make next but you're yeah. in there man you're going it's to happening. ADO, but it's so cool yeah I man mean, i'm so thankful picking it up oh yeah yeah well you know as my brother would say uh it's not that you're lucky it's that you're prepared preparation makes its own luck yep so or or put or in little, the time little and, both yeah a lot yeah, of preparation and a little luck can go a long way. <laughs> yeah. You're you're a very hardworking person. Everything you got, you absolutely deserve. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, dude. Appreciate sure, that. man. So, and the ADO community is very lucky to have Dan heading their way. <laughs> dude, I, I'm so excited about, um, so especially for any non-Navy folks listening, like the, the opportunities this gives me uh, as a career path like within the Navy, cause it is kind of like a, a brand new job, so to speak, like definitely the same flavor of like pilot flying stuff, but, but I'm going to have the ability to go to some duty stations that I otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so like there's a contingent out in Japan that, um, that you can go to operationally, but, um, I could also go to from, from this side of things. And I've always wanted to go to Japan. There's also sets of orders that you can get to like San Diego, North Island, right? North Island. Yep. Um, yeah. would up in Washington. Yeah, not bad places. Yeah. And then one <laughs> that I, I really want to pursue is uh, a position at the national uh, research laboratory in DC. That's oh, wow. apparently pretty competitive, but, um, yeah, if I finish this, uh, this master's program before, my next set of orders um i could potentially be competitive for that slot and uh and be like working in some really cool war games from a very technical side like using my math for that stuff which um normal day-to-day ado stuff from what i understand is i won't be actually doing much math it's really just interfacing with the folks who are are doing the the engineering and being able to translate engineer to pilot and vice versa it's got to be kind of my bread and butter, but, but yeah, there's so many cool opportunities. 
sick. Yep. Cool. Um, uh, let's see. Transitioning on. I do want to thank everybody who uh, is listening to this, especially with the long break we took. I know one of the <laughs> the, the pillars of of any content production is is consistency, and uh, and we've we've certainly let any of any of y'all down from that front. But uh, but if you're listening right now, then we we just appreciate so much that uh, that you're taking the time to check in with us, and uh, we hope you're enjoying uh, enjoying it. Um. All right, so topic of the week today is uh, digging into updated race plans. So we kind of teased this a little bit, but um, so you talked about Boston. You talked about um, a potential PR at a marathon in the fall, um, and then like the 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 speed kind of revitalization over the summer. But uh, you want to dig into more of like what you're thinking for races this year or beyond? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> In regards to the 5Ks and 10Ks, I mean, logistically, it's very simple around here. So it'll be more um, kind of diving into work schedule and then also family vacations in the summer and kind of picking just 5Ks and 10Ks around the area. Um, But for the fall, uh, still probably looking at Marine Corps um, Marathon. Uh, my girlfriend, she's going to be, she just did her second half, which, um, I paced her for, Nice. Uh, and she absolutely crushed it. So her first one, she went, I think it was 140, 142. And this one which is crazy for your uh, first hack which, and a half. Oh yeah. And then I want to say we went 136. We averaged seven eighteen miles for the uh, for her wow. second one, um, but uh, she'll be moving up to Annapolis and um, potentially doing her first full marathon at uh, Marine Corps. Nice. So yeah, looking to do Marine Corps. Um, whether I will pace her or uh, race him also uh, is to be determined, but uh, I think. I'm still planning on Houston in January of 24. Okay. Um, Do you know when... I think. Typically for marathons, um, this is something I'm really ignorant about because I've really rarely done just running events. But for triathlons, usually things book up like pretty far out. Do you know yeah. when, when you could expect... like? reasonably expect to still be able to register for Marine Corps like how late that's a great question because that's a pretty popular (laughs) one right yeah it's a pretty popular one um I haven't dove into that too much uh I think it's a October November marathon yeah October so I second week or something yeah I might still be good um and I don't know if they keep active duty slots uh oh right reserve some of those um but there's also a 50k option, so I could do that as well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a good question. I probably should sign up before uh, I don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I <clears throat> I think those are the two marathons that I will stick to, um, and then just keep like I am crushing yoga. It feels really good. Nice. Uh, just you know, minimum of twice a week, 
Um, and yeah, just see what coach coach decides. Coach, when I talked about like January 2024, Houston, um, I mean, he was like, yeah, we have to do a six month training plan for that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> are you sure not? I don't mean 16 weeks. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that is consisting of. And for all I know, he's already starting that right now because uh, I literally have just been doing zone two running. Um, so eventually I'll get into some VO2 max type stuff and maybe some, I don't know. But uh, Oh, that reminds me. Would yeah. you would you be comfortable talking about the um, that medical trial thing that you got asked oh, to yeah. participate in for Boston? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was probably an email sent out previously, but like on Sunday or Monday, I look at my inbox and there's a Boston Athletic Association email, and they're doing a small group study. I think upwards of like 120 to 150 athletes where I know one of the colleges that's participating in it is Stanford. And then the other one might be UC Berkeley. Okay. But, um, some of their test test subjects so far have been like high, high end professional, um, marathoners. And what their current hypothesis is, is that, when your heartbeat and your steps per minute are equal and when you step so what they're saying is your heart should beat when you're not stepping so yeah, in between, between your steps your heart yeah between left in and between, right foot yes. striking yep yeah so as you lift off your heart beats as you um, land on your forefoot, then you're halfway between beats theoretically. Yes, yep. exactly. Um, and what they are now trying to figure out is what are the potential side effects of not doing that when you run. Hmm. Um, so if you are out of sync, or if your heartbeat is in sync with your stride, meaning as you step, your heart beats, or if there's a percentage in which during a you know an hour long run, say every tenth stride, you are actually um, you are striking when your heart is beating. What what potential health causes could that um, bring about? And then how can you aid in teaching someone to run where your heart is beating in between your stride? Um, Especially if you're actually, if you're changing, like if you're increasing your pace, for example, yeah, like your, your stride's going to have to change like the frequency of your stride, you know, like if you're, yeah, if you're like 140 beats per minute or something, unless this is specifically talking about like a, a, so, one of the criteria they asked was you need to be running a like you need to be running a hard marathon like you need to be going for what you could potentially like put out gotcha um 
I know I said I'm only going for like, you know, sub three. So I think I'm still within that window. I'll still be at like a higher threshold. Um, but they, they're like, hey, if you're just going for a long slow zone to run, um, it's not. But I, I need to dive into it more. Um, but yeah, so pretty much when I check in on Sunday, they'll take blood samples. Um, and then they'll give me the heart rate monitor. And then they'll also show me how to download the app. Um, so it'll require me to run with my phone and the phone has to be in the front. So it's, you know, the, uh, Bluetooth connection isn't interfered if I was put in like my back pocket from the chest strap. Okay. Um, So that's, do they have a way to measure your, your stride versus your heart rate? I feel like that would be key data for this. My only, my thought is that it has some type of device that can measure you know, up and down. Well, I, I guess even like the standard fit, fitness watch these days knows Has your that. stride just yeah. based off of your arm movement, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. Huh. So it, it will record that. Um, and then when I finish the race, they'll have a designated area where you then take a tablespoon of blood. You have to sit there for an hour and then they take another sample. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's kind of cool as a study. The fact that I'm not like really sending it on the race kind of was a little bit more, um, a little easier to make the decision. I still haven't been completely selected. Um, okay. They kind of want a range, and what they're finding is the age in which you are more affected by this is um, your 20s to your mid 30s. Gotcha. So I was in the window, um, but what? the what they are trying to create is an app that actually uh it has music at a certain beats per minute and it teaches you to um you know hit your stride per beat which as you know some runners may know this the the magic number is 180 yeah. 180 steps per minute um which I looked back at my previous two marathons and my heart rate average for one was like 173 with a 185 uh, strides Cadence. per minute. And then yeah. it was like 170 with a 180. Um, yeah, so pretty close. Yeah, relatively close. So, it, it, uh, I mean, <laughs> it I, could come back and be depend. like you are so out of whack. Like you need to learn to run (laughs) (laughs) or it's like, you're a very efficient runner. So, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Plus you get to keep the heart rate monitor at the end, which is nice. Oh, cool. So, um, I wonder how that would play into like differing max heart rates. Cause obviously, uh, you know, I guess that plays into the, the fact that they're studying 20 and 30 year olds that presumably, yeah, and that's marathons. one of the reasons they said that is like, you know, typically as you get older, your max heart rate drops. Right. So your stride per minute will not have a as direct correlation to your beats per minute. Yeah, because if you're 50 years old, then 220 minus your age, the you know, 170 yeah. is your ballpark yeah. max heart rate, which yeah. hopefully you're not sitting at your max heart rate for an entire marathon. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to say it 
also has to kind of do with like heart attacks, you know, because you've heard of runners of young age, you know, they get done with a, a very hard effort race and, you know, they just collapse right there. You're yeah. Like, What's going on? Um, and this may be part of the, I obviously can't speak as well of it as the people that are actually, you know, uh, taking part in this study. But there was a little um, info video that was kind of giving you somewhat insight. I was halfway listening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, but that's, yeah, that's I think so it's cool, cool that you get to take part in that. Yeah. So um, we'll see. But nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a really fun uh, looping back to like your your outlook for for like Marine Corps and Houston. I so I also I know last time it was probably last episode that I I talked about like I had I guess six six tries this year that I wanted to do uh, mostly Olympic distance and one half and then yeah. the Marine Corps marathon. And there's definitely two of those six tries that I, I'm bowing out of because those are like one of them's in two weeks. And then the other one is, I think in six weeks. Um, and that'll be right about the time that I'm moving into my house and starting my new job. But, um, but besides that, I, I really do want to keep my eyes on Marine Corps, assuming that I can still sign up, um, you know, if the slots stay open, but, uh, but yeah, just totally depending on what I'm able to kind of pursue without, without just running myself ragged. But, um, but I still really have a desire to, to see what I can do in just the isolated marathon setting and, um, and doing Marine Corps and getting to, you know, run it with, with you and Huey and, one of my buddies, uh, my roommates from the academy, is talking about. He's he's actually on deployment in Europe right now. He's a marine, but he's talking about doing it too. He gets back in the summer, but um, but yeah, it'd be that'd be a really fun one because it's uh it's such a classic you know military marathon, and yeah. uh, I feel like we're probably gonna see see folks there that um, we haven't seen in years. It just draws people sure. in that or in our outer circle. <laughs> yeah, very true. Absolutely. But yeah, I definitely want to keep my eyes on that, but, um, but hopefully doing some Olympics cause I could, I could probably, you know, stagger my way through, through an Olympic, uh, without a whole lot of training. So it's not like it's going to be Ironman training where I'm, where I'm just <laughs> having to, to shirk huge, huge subsections of my life to make it work. Um, especially if I'm not like worried about trying to PR or something, I can just go out and have fun. So I think I'm yeah. just going to kind of keep that mindset and, and any targets of opportunity. So to that end, my goal is to, to basically put myself in a position where I'm, I'm at like a, a status quo fitness level where I could kind of ramp up to, to do some of those, uh, events if I wanted to, um, and I can, I can certainly do that just having fun and not, and not having to spend too much time training every week. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, and then bigger picture next year. Um, I think I talked about my brother-in-law 
and my sister and my mom uh, getting to spectate uh, Ironman Arizona back in November. Yeah. And how my brother-in-law got the bug and was like, I got to do one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our, our postulation so far is, is to try and find a, maybe a late season race in 2024. So next year, um, specifically with a, a warm swim. So, um, (laughs) cause I, I complained to no end about the like 60 degree, 61 degree water in, um, Arizona and, and how I was such a baby about that. But, um, and he was like, okay, yeah, let's find warmer water. (laughs) Cause I don't want to, he's, he's not quite as strong of a swimmer. He's, he comes from a running background, so he'll smoke it on the, on the marathon, but yeah. And he's a good cyclist, but, um, I think the swim for him, he wants it to be a little, little kinder, which I think is a smart thing. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a long-term race that I'd like to, to shoot for is, um, maybe, maybe, uh, Florida, Ironman Florida's, I did that one in 2012. The only problem is the, the swim is an ocean swim, which is pretty varsity for, Yikes. I think every other, besides Hawaii, every other U S Ironman is, uh, is like a body of water, like a, uh, lake or reservoir yeah, swim closed. Yeah. yeah. Closed body of water, I guess you could say, but, um, Lake Placid would be another, that's, that's like the kind of swim on the Ironman circuit. Cause you have that, uh, cable that's like a foot underwater that follows the race course. Oh yeah. And so you don't have to sight if you can get on the cable, you can just, um, follow it without Head having down. to, yeah, without having to crane your neck, which gets exhausting for two and a half miles. Um, yeah. but you pay for it with 9,000 feet of gain on the bike. <laughs> so that sounds fun. Yeah. Like gain. Yeah. But that's a, that's a July race. So doesn't Maryland have an Ironman? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that one in 2017. It's, it's in the Chesapeake. It's in uh, Cambridge, Cambridge, okay. Maryland. Yeah. So the Eastern yeah. shore. And, uh, you swim in the bay there, and uh, it's like brackish water. Um, a little bit of jellyfish that I ran across. <laughs> they, they've had actually had issues, I think, since. Uh, actually, one of our new co- co-workers raced that one in 2021. He said, uh, Groobs, if oh, you really? met him. Huh. Yeah. Um, nice. And he said jellyfish were actually a pretty big deal that year. Um, Interesting. But, uh, but, yeah, and that's a really, really easy bike, just kind of windy. Uh, yeah, but it, you like ride through like a, a nature preserve. Um, and then the marathon is just not my, not to my liking. Cause it's, it's like a three loop. Um, it's not quite a loop. It's like a three out and back thing. It's kind of circuitous yeah. and I don't like going over the same terrain three times in a race of that distance. It just, uh, is mentally tough. But, um, but that would be a, a nice warm swim. And, um, I forget when that's, I think on an October race. So before it gets too cold there in the Chesapeake, but, um, but yeah, anyway, that, that's a fun thing to kind of look, look towards. I've never gotten, actually my first, my first, uh, full distance try was with, um, my roommate in college. Um, and so we got to train for that one together, but since then it's always been like a solo effort and um 
just bringing family and friends like to the race with me, but not getting to race with anybody. So it'd be really fun to have a friend or family member out on the course with me. Something to shoot for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of reminds me of being able to do races with my brother. Yep. It is, it is fun. I've been trying to get right. my dad into it because um, he's he's done some like some pretty impressive uh, running stuff. I think yeah. he I think he's done some shorter distance tries, one or two. But um, but he did a hundred k in a twenty four hour uh, run, similar to when you did your hundred and two miles that like about a mile loop sort of thing. Yeah, he did one out in utah i believe it was and um i think it was like his 61st or it, it, it was he basically ran his age um of like 62 miles and uh i was like dad you could totally do an iron man but i don't think he's he's got the desire to do it which i mean he's probably because he's a smart normal person <laughs> we're normal i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah right <laughs> We got a, we got a certain shade of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's fun to, it's fun to spread the infection. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cool. Um, I think that's a good uh, covering of our race and training stuff. Um, for tip of the week, I. I thought it'd be cool to talk about the idea of being kind to yourself. So a lot of folks in the endurance community, people who, who enjoy getting up and, and putting themselves through, through a challenge first thing in the morning, you know, like all the stuff we're talking about tend to be pretty type A and type A people uh, are generally pretty hard on, hard on themselves. And we, we like to be our own worst critic, but something that, um, I've been really trying to like embody recently is especially with this whole trend of like, not, not, uh, taking on too many things, you know, is, is just be kind to yourself and, and give yourself grace when you need it. Um, and it of course applies across the whole gambit, not just in fitness. Um, but it also applies in fitness where if you're just pushing yourself and pushing yourself, uh, in these different endeavors, um, it can be really easy to get down on yourself when you do get injured or you overtrain, uh, or you hit your, your a race and you don't PR and you're like, man, I put in all that work and I still wasn't good enough. And it's like, no, you, you just bettered yourself in a huge way. And, um, it's okay to be disappointed that you didn't, hit your goal, but at the same time, keep that perspective and, and realize that, uh, there's still so much good that, that came out of that and just give yourself that grace. I, I thought that'd be a cool thing to kind of bring up. Yeah. It's a healthy thing to hear when otherwise we, uh, we just kind of hold our own feet to the fire. And, uh, at the end of the day, we have to be our, our own biggest advocates. <laughs> Not not our our own drill instructors all the time. Yeah. Cool. Um, qu- 
quote of the week. You came up with an awesome quote of the week. You want to share that? Yeah. Um, so I was watching a documentary about Boris Becker, uh, who was a pretty well-known tennis player um, from Germany. And in the 90s, uh, well, late 80s, early 90s, he kind of dominated the scene. Um, maybe a little controversial at times because he has a bit of a an, an edge to him. Ah. Uh, but when he was walking... Um, when he was doing a presentation in Wilmington, he was showing where the players stand before they walk into court one, which is the main court, and that's where the final is played. And above it was a, uh, what did you call it, an excerpt? Or kind of like a, they took a portion from a um, what seemed to be a poem by Rudyard Kipling. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Rudyard Kipling, yep. Yeah, Rudyard Kipling, and it goes, If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. Um, and I I think what caught my attention was I read that, and I was like, I have no idea what that's <laughs> trying to say. Um, and I, since then, I've, I've kind of been trying to attack it and interpret it and kind of you know, find ways to uh, put it in layman's term. Um, and for me, I, you know, one way to look at it is when you achieve something and you accomplish that goal, there is a high that comes from it um, and you grow from it and you can, uh, you know, then take on what next the next thing life throws at you. Um, but then at the same time, uh, when disaster comes, when you fail, there's also a beauty to, you know, be able to learn from that and grow from it. Um, Absolutely. So I, you know, I thought that was cool. And um, Dan had another way of looking at it as well, which if you would like to kind of yeah, go, go with that. So, so when these two lines from the poem, when I, when I read them and actually I, I was really excited when you brought this up cause, um, I had to learn this. I had to memorize it when I was a freshman, a plebe at the Academy. Cause, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, silly stuff that you have to do, especially as a freshman. And there's this one tradition in the microcosm of the brigade of midshipmen where, coming out of your plebe summer so the summer before your freshman year when you kind of do all your your boot camp type stuff you um you you finally meet all of the the upper class who come back uh for the fall semester and to facilitate interacting with and meeting all of these upper class within your company which is about 30 people per class um so about 120 people, I would say, per company, and there's 30 companies in in the academy. Um, so to meet all those upper class, you have to go around and get their signature, and they basically can like set the terms of of what you have to do to get their signature. Um, so for for one guy, you know, he might make you do like 100 consecutive push-ups, and if you can do that in front of him, then he'll he'll give you the signature. And then somebody else wants you to 
you know, go get him a snack from the vending machine <laughs> and somebody else makes you sing an embarrassing, you know, Miley Cyrus song in front of your, your peers or whatever. Um, but I had this, this one senior, uh, who was this brilliant, brilliant lady, brilliant girl. Um, and, uh, she made me memorize, I guess she made our whole class memorize, um, if by Rudyard Kipling and I'd never encountered the poem, the poem before that. And it's such a beautiful poem. And, uh, I was really thankful. Like there's a lot of busy work. You're, you're kind of de facto just kind of stretched every which way at the Academy by design to make you triage and manage your time. Well, but, um, but this, this was one that I, I was really appreciative that I had to, I had to memorize in, in anytime you memorize something, at least for me, like you end up becoming really intimately familiar because you have to, you have to think about what you're memorizing and, and that helps you memorize. It helps me memorize things. If I can, if I can attach feelings to these words and stuff. And so, um, so yeah, it was really special anyway, that was a huge tangent, but, but yeah, there's two, there's two different (laughs) aspects of these two lines for me. So, so again, if you can meet, with triumph and de- uh, disaster and treat those two imposters just the same are the two lines. So you've got two things. You've got triumph and disaster and treating them the same, but then you also have the fact that it's calling them imposters. And so if we just talk about the first thing, meeting with triumph and disaster and treating them the same, it, the way I see that is is very similar to what you said. Like you have a magnitude of emotion positive and negative associated with triumph and disaster respectively. And if you can, if you can celebrate your successes and, and mourn your failures to, you know, appropriate degrees, but equal degrees, then there's, there's a lot of balance in your life in that. And, and if you don't, if you don't feel the gravity of your mistakes, then you don't learn from them. But if you don't celebrate your accomplishments, then you lose a lot of the joy that is is there to be had. And um, and if you if you only celebrate your successes, but you don't mourn your 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 failures, then you're not growing as much as you could. And, and if you don't do the opposite, then you're you're leaving all this joy on the table that you could be, you know, taking taking for yourself to you know. I don't know, uh, just lead a happier life and, and, and give you more incentive to, to go after tough things in your life, you know, um, which I think is really yeah. similar to what you said, but then there's the imposter thing, which I think this is totally up for interpretation, but my interpretation of, of thinking of triumph and disaster as imposters is it's, it's easy to think about, um, a given challenge that you're up against, whether you succeed or fail, that it is this lasting, you know, ultimate success or ultimate failure um, that will follow you the rest of your life. And, and you have to keep in perspective that, that everything, everything needs to be um, thought of in, in its own appropriate terms. And I just had a cat jump in my lap. So let me know if, (laughs) You're hearing, <laughs> hearing her, <laughs> but, uh, no, I can't hear her. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, like 
you could think of triumph as like the ultimate triumph, but that's that's really just an imposter. It's actually it's actually just just one one challenge ahead of you. And same thing with with the disaster. And if you can keep those in perspective, I think it's really healthy to be like, all right, I failed at this, but that's not the be all end all. Or yeah. conversely, I succeeded at this, but but I've still got work to do, you know. And yeah. um, that's how I interpret those two lines. But it's beautiful prose. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, uh, great quote. And yeah. please, if you're not familiar with uh, with that poem, please check it out. That "If" by Rudyard Kipling is a, it's a masterpiece. And the, I did want to bring up the last. I guess the last uh, paragraph. I'll just I'll just read it because it's just so great and it's referenced a lot um, all over the place. But it's if you can talk with crowds, keep your virtue or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor friends, uh, nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. That specifically, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, like don't, don't lose any potential for, you know, a challenge, an opportunity that you have in your life. In that 60 seconds that makes up a minute, make it 60 seconds worth of distance run. You know, I just love that so much. And if you can do that, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. If you can do that, you'll be, you will be satisfied with your effort. Like you, you didn't leave any, any opportunity squandered. We should just do, turn this into a poetry podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our transition. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'm so glad we got to uh, sit down and, and do this again. We're actually going to, I guess in, in a little over a month, we're going to have to figure out our, our distance uh, recording plan. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be good. We'll we'll, we'll crush it. Yep. We'll adapt and so. we'll be better better because of it. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully the audio quality is also better or the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doing pretty well. I think so too. Well, do we have any save rounds? Any any oh by the ways? Nah. Nah. So I'm, I'm good. I think we covered it. I don't either. Yeah. Did we have fun? Did you have fun? I did. I had a blast. How about yourself? Dude, so much fun. I've missed this so much. Yeah. This really is a joy to get to sit down and, and talk about, talk about life, talk about fitness and, uh, man, it's all, it's all intertwined. I, I, I've thought about that a lot with, um, the, uh, grad school stuff, like diving into math. But also, uh, you know, in my free time diving into music and how much music and math um, intertwine yeah. and uh, like, you know, talk about recursive, uh, recursive functions. But then like you think about the scale uh, on an instrument that's recursive and uh, and the harmony of, of 
the music, the harmony of numbers and, and all this stuff. And um, it just got me thinking about how everything is interconnected in life and, and everything we do and impacts other things about ourselves and, and, and others and gives us the opportunity to, to better others through, through our actions um, and better ourselves and hopefully not the opposite. But yeah, but yeah it's given me some, some fun food for thought. Well, with that, I think uh, we're done with the episode, episode 12, and we will be back with you guys uh, hopefully next week. No. Yeah. Yeah, next week huh? after Boston, get a Boston recap. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopefully I'm all put together. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't yeah. wait to hear about it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for the, the this episode, and um, until next week, you guys have a great one, and uh, have fun out there. See you. Have a good day. See you.